looking at feedback from the perspective of what's working and what's not working can then help you take like the next actionable step in order for change. But you have to acknowledge what is not working first because like you can't fix something if you don't know it's broken. Hey there, this is Unburdened by Hope, the podcast that helps you harness your possibility and fuel your purpose. I'm your host, Erin Cummings. Here, we're breaking free from the chains of hope and unlocking the power of inspiration within. Get ready to ignite your soul because we're diving deep into the art of letting go, embracing the unknown, and creating a life unburdened by the limitations of hope. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to finding purpose, fueling our passions, and crafting a vibrant existence that sets our hearts on fire. So, are you ready to burn down what's no longer serving you and step into a life driven by possibility? Let's dive in, my friends, and unleash our boundless potential. Welcome back to the podcast. We are in December. I would love to hear how your Thanksgiving went. Mine was amazing. It was amazing because we made it amazing. Um, we, my family and I, my husband and his brother and wife and their daughter, I mean, we have worked really hard to create the Thanksgiving that we want. And I think it's, you know, important to be able to have stuff like that in your life, um, to truly create like a really great time. We did, uh, there was one morning, I think I was up until like five o'clock in the morning and it was, uh, too much fun, I think is, uh, what we can call that. So now that we're in December and if you're watching the pod on YouTube, you can see my, now it feels like a very embarrassing nutcracker collection. (laughs) So I record all these podcasts in our office and the mantle, I guess, in our office or the shelf, I don't know, the countertop uh, has always been the Nutcracker collection where I put my Nutcracker collection and now it is the background of my computer and I realized this. So I gave the our final presentation for now, one of my classes was the final presentation for my semester for the entrepreneurship class that I'm taking, my first one for my master's program. We practiced and practiced with our group, and I had pulled up like the screen for Zoom, and there they were behind me. And I'm just thinking, like, oh my God, these people probably think I'm crazy. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, if you want to watch this on YouTube, you can look at all my crackers. <laughs> For the record, I was in the Nutcracker as a kid. Um, My uncle is a professional ballerina. And so I feel like it's not that weird that I have so many Nutcrackers if you know both of those facts. So just don't judge me. Thank you very much. Um, Since it's December, I want to use December as an opportunity to talk a lot about uh, reflection That is something that honestly, my therapist and I talk a lot about. She says it's a really great strength and weakness of mine because I'm always overanalyzing everything, like whether it's a interaction that I have with someone or a situation, like I'm always looking for, I'm always looking for like a bigger picture or what do I do now or what's possible from here or where should I have done this or that. And what I've figured out along the way is all about feedback for yourself. And I have decided for myself, the best way to do this is to put everything into like two little bubble categories, which is what worked 
and what didn't work. And you can do this for any situation. You can do this for um, if you're going to reflect on your year, if you're going to talk about your something, a project that's going on at work, if you're, you know, I'm, you know, our homework or what, whatever it may be. When you teach a yoga class, when you take a yoga class, like what's working or not working for me here? You can also do this with like your schedule. Really, it applies to almost anything. And I feel like it's such a great way to give yourself or someone else feedback without it being, uh, number one, this the shit sandwich situation or, you know, having a way to not be so, I mean, it, it all comes back to your delivery, right? I think it's just a good way to just kind of calibrate and see like what's really going on and just look at it from like a bird's eye kind of perspective. So it's like taking your brain out of your head, putting it onto the table and just being like, all right, what's working and not working. It's interesting because in yoga teacher, in the, in the yoga teacher training that I took, feedback was a huge part of the process. And now I look back and see like how screwed up it was, like what they were having us do. If you're not familiar with all the yoga teacher training stuff, it, it there's a lot of things that have become like big no-nos in the industry. And I think like, well, I would say for some of us in the industry, and I think feedback has become one of those things. And it's something I honestly struggle with even as like a business owner or friend of instructors kind of thing, like giving employees feedback about their classes. It's not that they're, and once again, it's not because it's bad. I have the approach in my business that teachers teach it from an authentic way. And there are lots of other yoga studios um, where it's based on the brand and how how the teachers teach. And you can really see this in like a, a corporate yoga studio setting, uh, or like the big franchises or the big gyms in their yoga, like all the teachers, though they may sound different because they have different voices. They have these like checkmark boxes that they have to hit for every class. And it's really great for branding and it's really great for consistency. But in my opinion, the big difference is you lose that like personality, um, authentic kind of touch. Um, and that was a big part of like my training, which is like, they wanted us to hit these like checkmark boxes and it was really frustrating to me. Another big part that I realized along the way, and that honestly, like this is another one of those, like I'm grateful for failing situation is when I had turned around and then started teaching my own teacher trainings, the way in which we started the feedback process at first was like still super weird and screwed up and it's changed a lot since then. Um, now it's really about like what's working and not working. It's funny because like we would, in my yoga teacher training, we would do these uh, exercises where like you would say the name of the pose. And if you've never taken a yoga class and you don't really give a shit about yoga teacher training, the thing to take away from this is we weren't actually teaching anyone yoga in these, uh, in these exercises. You were standing face to face. And you would just look at the person in front of you and you would just say, child's pose. And then that person looked at you and would say, pass or no pass. 
no other feedback. And then you would just say like, okay. And then you'd, the whistle would blow or whatever signal would happen. And then you go to the next person, child's pose. And then that person would say pass or no pass. And so with each pass, I would always try and like replicate the, the inflectuation or how I said child's pose or my eye contact or whatever thing. Or if I got a no pass, I would try and change what I said. And what became very frustrating was A, no feedback. And then B, the fact that like there was no, it was all opinion-based like pass, no pass. Like it didn't make any sense. And there was no context. Like never in the history of a yoga class am I just gonna not do anything and stand there and just speak things to to the client and not show them anything, not do anything. I'm just going to stand there like a frozen robot at the top of the room, just screaming like child's pose, forward fold. And then, you know, it's like, of course, that's going to be a no pass. And so originally when we started teacher training, we, we tried something similar, but I think because that original form of feedback was so broken and confusing that when we tried to even evolve that, it just, it didn't work even more. And so now what I really like to do with myself, with the team, with my kids, it's what's working and not working. So when I ask my kids, um, you know, my son plays competitive sports, competitive soccer, competitive basketball. And I think this can go once again for any area of your life. We'll get home from the game or usually we're in the car. And I always ask him, you know, like, what's something that you did great today? Um, What's something that your team did great today? And then I always slip that. I'm like, well, what's something that you can work on that didn't work before? And then I ask again, what's something that your team can work on that, you know, didn't work as well? And it always, I'm always interested to hear what he has to say because A, I'm super freaking competitive. And then B, it's, it's just a really great way to kind of just pause and think like, okay, here's where I need work. Here's where my team needs work. Here's what we're, what I'm doing really well. And here's what my team's doing really well. And it's a good way to kind of like puzzle piece future change or future action. And so, you know, when you're doing this for yourself, like a, a good thing that, like something that I will do, like for instance, I had finished, I, I, I taken like two little half semester classes this, um, as I started my master's program journey. And so after my first one was completed, I did this for myself in my journal in my head, you know, writing it down. And then as I moved into that second half semester class, I kind of changed the way I worked on certain things because I had asked myself like, okay, what's working in my study habits? And then what's not working in my study habits? So what was happening was, and that's ultimately why I ended up like taking a sabbatical from actually teaching was because I was realizing normally I work on like actual business stuff during the very first part of the day. Like I get up and do my normal routine with the kids, take the kids to school. And then I focus on business stuff the first part of the day. And then the second part of the day, like kind of that mid-afternoon time was when I was studying. Well, the problem is there's so much reading. I mean, I knew there was going to be, but like, oh my God, there's so much reading. And with my ADHD and all the other things, I get so distracted in the afternoon 
that it takes me double the amount of time to like read the chapter that I need to read. And so I was like not understanding certain concepts or having to like reread certain things. And so I just decided like, okay, this schedule of time blocking that I'm doing is not working. And so I need to switch things up, which I have. I've I've flipped how I work on stuff and I'm trying to do like an exercise break in between. So that way I can kind of like do that um, creative rest for my brain that's needed because I also think that's like a big part of it. But, you know, I think that really looking at your schedule, looking at the way you do things and asking yourself like what's working and what's not working with my schedule really, really helped in my study habits. My husband bought me this really awesome um, tablet called a Remarkable. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but um, it's kind of like a Kindle. It's like I don't know how to describe it. It's like a Kindle meets an iPad meets a notebook because everything's digital now. And I feel like I'm a thousand years old, but there's no like hard books to read or mark in. I'm, um, listen, I am a page corner page folder for a bookmark. I will highlight, I will write, and I am, I am a book destroyer. And if you have changed your opinion of me because of that, I'm very sorry, but like, I need to just tell you right now. So because there is no books, there's nothing for me to like mark or do or like all of that kind of stuff. Like I need the colors and the things to help me and my brain stay organized. And so my husband bought me this like remarkable tablet because that was the other thing. I was like, oh my God, I just like can't read all of this digital stuff. It's not like reading an email or some of my blogs that I like to read. Like it is dense marketing material um, and definitions. And so he bought me this tablet and you can download PDFs and upload them into your tablet. And it looks like a Kindle and you can write and color and do all this stuff, make notes. And then you open the app back up on your computer and it's all color coded um, once you get up to the computer. So like I'll read and highlight and do all that. And then I'll pull it back up as it's like colorful. And then I'll take my notes and study that way. And that has worked very well for me as well. So I really like that. I think too is um, kind of the year is coming to an end and the quarter is coming to an end and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, asking yourself in your business or in your job, like, well, what's working and what's not working. And even I think this works in like friendships. So if you go all the way back to the rings episode, you know, asking yourself like, okay, what's working in this friendship and what's not working in this friendship and who do I need to move back and who do I need to pull forward? What's not working for me is because I was doing the afternoon studying. I'm also on my phone, like social media scrolling a lot. And so I've decided in January that I'm going to take a a nice little social media break and just see, I'm supposed to be doing sober January and no social media. So, oh my God, pray for me, y'all. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) I'm scared already. Uh, But no, I just, I get lost in the scrolling and in the I, I feel like I've done a really good job of the algorithm for what I like to look at on social media, which is just like dogs and comedy and fashion and yoga. Um, and so I get really lost in all of this, the continuous scrolling that they love to push onto others. But I think what's, 
you know, and, and it's interesting because, you know, you have all those timestamps and notifications and locks that you can put on your phone. And I do all of that, but I still, I end up overriding all of them because I'm like, oh, I need more. And so clearly that's not, it's not working. And so I'm going to take the apps off of my phone um, for January and see how, see how that does. Cause I actually tried to log in, I think on my computer for one of them and I've totally forgotten my password. So I was like, I'm not even going to reset it. I just will use my phone only. So I think that's, I think it's good. I'm going to take a little break because it's not working. So whether you're going to put this on paper or you want to, you know, just do little notes in your head, I think picking a topic like social media, relationships, work, a project you're working on, your time management. I think a big one is mornings. I did this a long time ago with my mornings. I talk about this a lot. Like I think those mornings of with kids and school is so chaotic. And in order for you to not scream your head off every morning, you have to create the morning that you want. And if your morning is not working for you, you have to do something about it because it's just going to keep draining you. And to start your day off on such a low will impact you and your goals and your vision and getting you to where you want. And so it's so easy to say, um, just wake up five minutes earlier. I... I saw like a joke. I'm assuming it's a joke the other day that was like, what if all the billionaires just told us to wake up at 4 a.m. because they have their life figured out where they don't have to. And so it was like, oh, well, you know, maybe maybe it's all just like a lie. I mean, I don't think you're supposed to wake up at 4 a.m. if you don't have to. If that's if waking up at 4 a.m., if waking up at 5 a.m. and you can go work out and you can be happy and that's exactly how that day setup works great for you. I think do it. Me waking up at 5 a.m. and working out is never going to happen and it's never going to make me happy and it's never going to work. And so that's not something that I can do. Right now, what's working for me and my workouts is to actually, because I have two kids in school um, and because I'm going to school and I have a full-time job and I have, you know, my other job and I have a house to like take care of. What works for me in my workouts is I've pushed my workout now to right before I have to pick my kids up from school. So I'm already out and about. I've already, I've committed to my workout. You know, I schedule my time. I go in, I do my workout. I leave, I go straight to picking up my kids from school. I can come back home and then start the whole evening process of, you know, getting snacks, getting dinner, and then getting whoever to wherever sport that they're going. But I I think that looking at feedback from the perspective of what's working and what's not working can then help you take like the next actionable step in order for change. But you have to acknowledge what is not working first because you can't fix something if you don't know it doesn't like you can't fix something if you don't know it's broken. And so I think the acknowledgement and the presence is the first important step in figuring out um, how to move forward after you've given yourself feedback. So um, I'd love to hear if this works for you. And I find it to be very helpful. I think like the, you know, I was in sorority in college and 
I like, oh my God, we used to have to do this thing called for, it was for recruitment. And we did this thing called, it was like pro con con pro. And you would give one good thing, two bad things, one good thing about the recruit, like the, whoever was going through recruitment. And it was just like, I don't know, the shit sandwich situation just does not, I just don't think it works. I just, I don't, you either, it's like, you're excited about the feedback and then you're like, oh my God, what? And then they give you another thing that you're excited about. And then you end up confused. You're like, well, wait, what should I be doing? And I just think it's easier to break it apart and be like, hey, you know what? What's working is this, this, and this. What's not working is these factual things. And then next step, move forward. So I would love to hear like your form of feedback. If you give yourself feedback or give others feedback, like what your formula is, I would, I would love to hear and how that works for you. And then be courageous, capable, and strong as you move into your December and start reflecting. And remember, like you are on the path of where you're supposed to be. It's your path. You don't need to emulate anyone else. I think that's another big, important remembrance. And as you are reflecting on like how to make changes for your next year. So um, can't wait to talk to you again. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Unburdened by Hope. Go to your favorite podcast app, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. If you've got something out of our show, I'd love to hear from you. Send me your favorite takeaway or any questions you may have to info at aaronccummings.com. You may even just hear the answer in a future episode. Remember, you are courageous, you are capable, you are strong. It's up to you to create what's possible.